It can be scary when you think about how much of our so-called personal and confidential information is actually accessible in so many places and by so many different people and organizations. You need to learn what's being done with this information and how to keep yourself secure. Welcome to My Connected Life with Tyler Cohen Wood. When you're in control of your data in cyberspace, you feel all the more secure. Now, here's your host, Tyler Cohen Wood. Hi, welcome to My Connected Life. I'm your host, Tyler Cohen Wood. Today, we have a very important episode. Um, we're going to talk about privacy. We're going to talk about securing all the devices in your home and keeping yourself safe from hackers. And we have two very special guests. The first, Avraham Gatayel, who is CEO and founder and host of Ask the CEO Media. Welcome, Avraham. Thank you for having me, Tyler. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm very excited that you are. <laughs> Um, and then we also have Bob Carver, who is super cybersecurity influencer. He is LinkedIn's one of top five people to follow for tech. He is a keynote speaker and he is everything cyber. Welcome, Bob. Happy to be here. So <clears throat> I got the idea for this episode because of a post that you actually posted um, talking about <clears throat> the the chatter Bluetooth telephone from Fisher Price and some of the flaws that were found in that. And <clears throat> um, basically, there's a flaw with the Bluetooth pairing on the phone where it'll pair to any device that's asking to pair to it, which is really quite scary because it could be spying on you or someone could utilize that and target your, your children. So let's start with that. Um, Bob, sure. I think you, you have the article. You wanna yeah, pull it up? Yeah, hold on just a second. Let me you know, okay. pull it up here. I mean, well, it's really scary I, I, when, when, when you think about you know, these devices that we have in our home and some of them are great with security, but not all of them. And some of them you have okay. to kind of take, take control. Is that so, showing up okay? It is, it is. So Excellent. for those of you who can't see, um, this is called the, that toy you got for Christmas could be spying on you. I think I had something like that when I was five years old, but not the Bluetooth version. Yeah, they, they've added the Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, and it's like, why do they really need the Bluetooth on this? I, I don't know. But uh, I guess because somebody thought it was cool, but nobody was thinking about security at the time. I know, um, you know, one of the things that helps Bluetooth be a little more secure is that you have a pairing code. You know, it's almost like a a password where where it's a set of numbers, and at the at the very worst, you have no pairing code at all. And this is that's what this uh, Fisher Price toy has, where basically anything can connect to it. So if you had a neighbor, if you're in a apartment complex or if your neighbor has a strong Bluetooth, they could connect to this phone and then end up uh, talking to, to your kids and children. And who knows what that yep. conversation would be like. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's, you know, there are people that that do that target kids. And, and this is something that's that's kind of scary because, you know, like you said, hopefully they'll come out with a patch and they'll they'll fix the way that the Bluetooth pairs. But for now, you know, what are some things that 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 parents can do to um, to to 
they, keep their kids safe with this they phone. May, they may have to <laughs> take the phone apart and disable the Bluetooth. I, I have a feeling Fisher Price doesn't have any option for disabling it. They, my guess is they have the cheapest Bluetooth module that they could get in China, and it has absolutely no security. One step they could yeah. could have done if they uh, bought uh, uh, a little more sophisticated module, maybe cost a penny or two more, is uh, require uh, the pin code. And if that pin yeah. code is something, you know, would be difficult to guess, then then that would make it a little harder to to pair. Well, you know, the, I, in some some of the from this article, they actually say some they they give you some pieces of advice, but they just don't seem like good fixes to me. Like like one, and I'm going to read this. Um, so people sh should be sure ensure that it's powered off when not in use, um, because since only one Bluetooth device can connect to it, when your child's using it, always have um, always have your phone connected to that device. Mm -hmm. um, and this is an interesting one too, uh, because um, of some of the audio functions, um, the bugging cannot occur if the handset is put on the phone. Mm -hmm. So always keep the handset on the phone. I mean, those are fixes. Those aren't good fixes. I'll tell that to your two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, your two-year-old exactly. that wants to pick up the phone and talk on it. <laughs> that doesn't work very well. But you know, uh, the, the uh, one thing Bobby mentioned, you talked about patching, um, and you know, which is something that I think we all need to um, to be more aware of, uh, because this is not the first time something like this has come up. Uh, there was an incident a while back where cameras, uh, security, baby camera, baby monitors, oh yes, uh, were being hacked as well, and um, uh, there was one incident where there was a a stranger that was talking through the baby monitor. So these kinds of things happen all the time, and what can we do about it? So I think um, you know the first bit of advice that I would I would give uh, parents before buying these toys is that we need to educate ourselves into uh on how these things work um how do how do you you know we have to become experts on patching devices i mean they're all iot devices and we have to understand we have to understand how this works how do you log on to a fisher price toy or a camera and get yeah. root access and, and and patch that and and that's that's really critical so we all have to become tech people and and yeah. learn how to sure. do that and you know what, what's yeah. scary though, uh, a lot of these items, I, and I don't know for sure because I haven't looked in, you know, called Fisher Price and asked them, but I have a feeling that the mo module is so cheap that there's no room to, for patches. I Probably. mean, they don't have the ability to, to put in a pin code. So that's like the lowest, worst level of Bluetooth you can get. But the next worst is where the pin code is set as default as 0000, which is like over a million Bluetooth devices in the world. One. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> that's the first one they're going to guess if they require a pin, pin code, because that's a default on a lot of these cheap toys. And the next thing, of course, if, if they if they had some level of sophistication, they would put uh, at at the very least a uh, pin code that was a little bit more randomized, and and at least four characters, uh, even six would be better, that sort of thing. But uh, you know, they go for cheap, and they go for getting it out to market fast. So unfortunate. 
uh, a lot of these, uh, they haven't thought very far ahead on these. That, that it, it's extremely unfortunate because, you know, you, you really want to make sure that your kids are protected and you, you know, like Avraham said, you kind of do have to educate, you really do have to educate yourself. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just kind of got a crazy thought in my head, um, you know, to drive a vehicle, we have to have a driver's license and we have to go through driver's ed and take a driver's test to actually get that license. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need like a, a, a DMV for cybersecurity. Oh yeah. One, one other thing I'd like to bring up here, and this is one of the things I would really like to see the US and a lot of other countries do. In Finland, they start teaching uh, in grade school, like uh, upper level grade school, like maybe around fifth grade, give or take, cybersecurity, basic cybersecurity and basic risk management of, of technology. And as a result, I mean, they've been doing this for quite some time. As a result, the country of Finland probably has the lowest number of compromised PCs per capita of any country on the planet right now simply wow. because they started teaching and there's and the thing is is there there is courses out there that are free it's just that you have to get the teachers and the administrations to agree to believe this should be part of the curriculum going forward and that and that's the difficult part uh, you know a lot of times you know teachers are in unions and that sort of thing and uh you know a lot of times they just don't think it's that important of thing or the teachers may not want to know it's like oh geez i have to learn one more thing to teach the kids <laughs> yeah well i mean no this this may sound i mean this may sound crazy to us and but the average person doesn't think about cybersecurity the way that we do because it's just not part of their daily lives um but i i think that at this point because we have so many of these devices, we live in, in this world where there has to be kind of some basis of cybersecurity knowledge. And, you know, it's interesting too, because the kids, um, and I just spent um, Christmas with my niece and nephew, and they know how to use all of these devices. I mean, they know everything. They can find all kinds of things that, you know, I, I don't even know what they're doing but they don't understand the security implications of it. So they know how to use the technology, but they don't know the risks associated with it or what to do about it. And, and like you said, I, to your point, Bob, that's something that we really need to start teaching in schools. Yeah, agreed. Uh, hey, I think all of us probably need to start talking to our own local school boards and, and uh, seeing you know, when can they start implementing these type of programs because it would be beneficial to to the whole uh, whole nation any nation that starts doing that sort of thing it, uh, absolutely. it would be very positive step forward yes it, it it absolutely would be i mean you know i'm thinking how could parents just very easily educate themselves on just the steps that they need to know because I think that it's it, it's very overwhelming. I mean, it's overwhelming to me, and I've been mm -hmm. doing this for, God, a really long time. <laughs> yeah, understood. So, 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 it's, what can a parent do? I, I think I think you just have to, as far as parents go, they need to just learn one thing at a time. Uh, if if you if you start get throwing everything at them all at once, yeah. they even the parents get overwhelmed. I've seen it happen. You know, I've discussed 
I just discuss more than two or three things to somebody that wasn't in the field in general. And I could just see as I went to item two and then item three, it's like, oh, forget it. I, I, I give up. There's too much to deal with. So it's, it's very difficult. So you almost have to just do one thing at a time. And I think that's that's yeah. sort of thing. That's how they teach it in uh, the grade schools, I think, in Finland, you know, they'll just go over one thing at a time and slowly, little by little, they build upon the, uh, you know, some basic items like, you know, coming up with a better password, you know, uh, and of course, maybe as they go into middle school, maybe they start learning about two factor authentication and that sort of thing. So, well, I think I've got my next book. <laughs> Cybersecurity for parents, the easy yeah. way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I'm, I mean, I, I've spent an entire, my, my whole career learning this. So the you can't just ex expect that a person who's been doing, you know, a totally different career to understand it, you know, to the level that they, I think that they need to, because mm -hmm. the threat is so, so great. So well, even... I think I'm writing it. <laughs> Yeah. Even, you guys even, want to write it with me? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Sounds good. The, uh, but, you know, uh, even even in cybersecurity professionals, it's the the field is become uh, so much uh, over have so much overwhelming information, you know, millions and millions of data points and, and, and topics that the, the professionals have to become uh, specialized, just like uh, the medical field where yes. doctors have to specialize in certain things. I mean, there's, as you probably know, Tyler, Tyler and you are home too. I mean, some doctors will specialize even in one disease, you know, and because oh, there's, <laughs> because there is, there is more than enough patients to deal with <laughs> that yeah. one disease. So, so they become <laughs> the expert. There's, there's even doctors that specialize in a specialty. <laughs> Right. In exactly. an aspect of a specialty. Yes. Understood. So, yeah. I mean, so, 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 you know, at, you know, expecting that people, you know, can understand things would be like me all of a sudden saying, well, I'm going to be a cardiologist now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would take a, a lifetime or, to or, learn, or, but I can I gotta, learn the basics. Or we got, I got a brain surgery scheduled <laughs> next week. I better hurry up and learn how to do this. <laughs> No, Avraham could do that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I might let him test it on somebody else first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what are some of the other um, threats lurking oh. in your home? Like some of your IoT devices, wow. smart TVs, yeah, personal yeah. assistant devices, um, so smart I would light say, bulbs. I mean, I would say, uh, you know, some of the more common ones are smart lights um you know everybody yeah. everybody's got some kind of smart device uh you know uh, yeah. the, the lights that you could just control from anywhere um mm -hmm. nest thermostat although i don't want to pick on google but just the yeah. general oh, yeah. you know, the, the smart thermostats um that's also very common yeah. it saves energy and helps you adjust the temperature up and down um and the like uh you know many, yeah many the ca cameras on your the doorbell cameras, the cameras right the doorbell yeah. and then if i could share uh the uh alexa you know recent sure. yes the recent situation with alexa can yeah you see that 
Alexa, yeah. Alexa, Alexa touch live plug with a penny. Yeah, yeah. I'll, so, I'll, I'll let I'll let you read it, Bob, because it's sure. on the screen for our viewers. Yeah, Alexa tells ten-year-old girl to touch live plug with penny. So basically, uh, <sighs> the the girl was talking to Alexa and and wanted to have a challenge to do. It's sort of a big thing to, to you know, to challenge a kid to do something. Well, this challenge was they plug in a a, a, a you know electric cord into a socket like only part way and then you're supposed to touch a coin to the two prongs <laughs> that are oh in the socket oh my god so, i mean you know the question on my mind is where did this come from because somebody programmed that why i can tell you where it came from where did it come from yeah it was it was TikTok. some crazy idiot on TikTok was trying to kill some kids i guess by giving them the challenge of you know, putting a plug in halfway into the electric socket and then touching a coin to that. And somehow, and that's for, for Amazon to, to let us know, somehow Amazon picked up on the trends in TikTok and nobody oh, no. bothered to filter that one out. Now, it was reported many, many times by parents to Amazon and they did uh, get that removed from the uh, Alexa challenges. So, uh, you know, hopefully nobody got hurt from that, but, but it started on TikTok. Some, some crazy person, I guess, wanted to see if they could kill some kids or something. So electrocute some kids. That is, that is, that is horrible. You know, I hope that, the, that, that, that's, that's awful. I hope that they catch that person because that's disgusting. Yes. That's I, really bad. And I agree. And you know, that's what's, that's, what's another aspect to, to what's scary about the devices is they're connected. So, mm -hmm. you know, TikTok is, 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 has, you know, it's trending for putting pennies in a live socket mm -hmm. and Alexa is looking at trends and picks that sure. trend up. And so it's not necessarily that, that the Alexa is insecure of it uh, on a, its own, but mm -hmm. it was just a glitch that had to be fixed. But, sure. and, I, and I'm glad they, they did because. Well, uh, yeah, I, I. I did put Alexa on my network for like about a day or two and removed it pretty fast. But that was a lot longer than I did. I did it for about two hours. And then yeah, said, oh. that's yeah. It's sitting in a drawer now. Yep. I, I've, I'm trying but to decide if do, I should pick how, it. How do you do karaoke if you don't have your Alexa? <laughs> I guess you have to shell, save some shekels and buy a karaoke machine. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I think that I'm like a, um, I'm an advertiser's dream because I'll see something and, and I'll be like, oh, I need that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Even if I don't at all. Well, and that's, you know, uh, one of the things that I've been experimenting with over the last several years here is blocking all the ad networks to my home network. <laughs> so <laughs> how's that working for you? Yeah, it's actually it's working out pretty well. Uh, I was a little concerned at first uh, if some of that was going to, to break some sites. Uh, I, I have a commercial firewall at home and I'm using that the ad blocking uh, part of that device to build a block, but I also do it in the browser too. Uh, the browser gets a little can get a little more serious on the on the uh, tracking and ad blocking. But yes. but my commercial firewall, it's done really well and, and it really hasn't broken hardly any websites at all. Only thing is I 
see like 99% less <laughs> ads than I used to. So, which is fine with me. That's good. Yeah. You know, ads, ads are one of the ways where uh, people get compromised. Absolutely. And part of the advertising it's it's got a yeah. name malvertising yeah, exactly malware advertising what's scary though this whole advertising and tracking thing can be so accurate that you can almost have an ad delivered to the exact person that you want and that's sort of wow. scary now the other thing that it can do is that say uh you know uh cyber criminals if they want to compromise a particular company they can have ads pointed at a particular yep. com company they can they can do it that specifically and then somewhere down the line they'll put some malicious code in the ad and a person you know happens to go to the website yep. that has that ad and they can get compromised so which could that, in, that's in, that's in one of the compromise the, that's, the, the work network too yeah now of course advertisers don't like that and a lot of websites don't like that it will break some websites because so I do have, I have several browsers. Some of them I can turn it so partially on and off that helps on reading some certain articles where they say, oh, you know, if you really want to continue reading, you're going to have to turn your ad blocking off. And so then I usually try to see if I can do that, but. Uh, are, anyway. are there, are there plugins that, that you would recommend? I, I know there are plugins to sure. change, change the, the browser print, which, which we'll talk about next, but. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely um one of the ones and there's several plugins that i've used uh one of the one is, is called ad nauseum ad, ad nauseum okay. yeah it's it's a pretty good one it, it's based on some open source technology that, that blocks ads and I, I can't remember the what they utilize but uh since it's open source you know there's no copyright or you know intellectual property involved but uh, so ad nauseum, but the other one, and I can share this with you, uh, it's called light beam. And uh, let me light see if beam. I can light beam. Like yeah. How and did they trademark that? I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's even trademarked to be honest, but it's, yeah, it works for fire. I know it works on Firefox for sure. And I can show you, it shows you all of the tracking, all the websites. Can you see that? Um, yes. yes. All right. So, so, so for our listeners and not viewers, um, do you want to tell us what we're looking sure. at? Sure. It's, it's sort of it has all these interconnected networks and, and it shows these little circles that have all these websites on it. Uh, like one is security magazine. Uh, and there's a venture beat, uh, Today in 24.com, Wired Magazine, uh, TheHill.com. Is that Zillow? Uh, it could be. Pinterest. Anyway, there's so many here. I mean, even DuckDuckGo has a little bit. Uh, but uh, New York Times, of course, and DP Review, NPR. Anyway, so, I mean, there's literally for people that, that are, are doing a podcast, you know, there's hundreds of uh, sites that it shows that they could have been tracking you all during this time. So, but anyway, interesting light, it's called light beam for Firefox and it's a, it's a plugin. So, wow. Anyway, I, I do suge highly suggest this one because it has such a good visual visualization of all the trackers that are trying yeah. to track you. 
Wow. Um, and does, does going incognito, um, do, do you see that as a good enough fix for, for someone who's actually, uh, if, if the company has, if they're serious about tracking you, <laughs> they just almost, they really ignore it. Some of them yeah. will ignore it. Not all of them. Some of them are, you know, play nice and, and they'll say, okay, you know, hands off you because you said, because <laughs> you're in incognito, but otherwise uh, it really doesn't do that much. I don't, uh, one of the ones I really recommend is, is uh, Firefox and set, set it in strict mode. Okay. Firefox in strict mode. And then add, you can add ad nauseum to that. And so, but, but I even go one step further. I have it blocked in the firewall too. So I have like at least, at least three layers going on of blocking ads and, and uh, tracking. So anyway, it, wow. but it will at time, it will break certain websites, certain websites, especially if there's like, say a financial site or something, they want to be able to have some sort of tracking mechanism to know it's validate you not, who you are yeah exactly and not somebody else so then i then i'll just simply usually go to a different browser with less protections and uh log in that way well there's also um another way of tracking who you are is mm -hmm. is os fingerprinting and that's if you visit a website mm -hmm. your your browser has a pretty unique profile Mm -hmm. And it'll tell the machine you're using, um, the browser type you're using, but it can get much mm -hmm. more in depth than that. And there, there are actually plugins that you can use that mm -hmm. every time your browser goes to a site, it'll show, it'll have a look like it's a different configuration. So mm -hmm. it may appear and, to the website that I'm, you know, coming and, from my iPhone or, or, or somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. The, um, in uh, Firefox in strict mode has that kind of capability. Also, uh, Brave. As much as your fix. Brave Brave has a tendency to do that too. There is a uh, there is a site by EFF.org, you know, uh, Electric Frontier uh, mm -hmm. organization. Um, just if you just uh, Google or DuckDuckGo, uh, EFF.org uh, browser fingerprinting. There is there is a it's called something like Pentotic or something, but anyway, you, it's better just to, to to look it up <laughs> on the internet, and then it'll take you right to the site. That it will do a fingerprint on your browser, and you, you can see how unique your browser is compared to other browsers out there. That's that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool that, that that they've come that far. I mean, I remember <laughs> back in the old days, not to geek out here, but yeah. like running the get command. And oh, <laughs> sure, sure, Ab absolutely. <laughs> Um, Avraham, what do you, what do you suggest, to, to people that are, are working from home and they have all these IOT devices all over the place, their kids stuff, their ga kids games, the chatterbox phone, like Alexa, what can they do to keep their work stuff safe? Yeah. And, and this is actually a big concern because, yeah. um, you know, even if you're not specifically targeted, you're putting yourself at risk and you're putting your business at risk as well. Um, so many Wi-Fi routers have a feature that you can turn on a guest network. And what, what that guest network will do is that it will segment your network from 
you know, from that guest network and you can't, uh, you can't cross the line from one to the other. So if even, you know, like, like that, that smart Fisher price toy gets hacked, it's not, it's not going to cross that line and, and come in and hack into your computers. I, that, that's, that's, that's really the best advice is to really segment that network. And it's, it's a lot easier to do nowadays than, than it was prior. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would also just want to circle back to the, you know, parents of, uh, you know, that have these smart devices. And, and I would say that the best defense against, uh, you know, these vulnerable devices is just simple parenting. Just, you know, don't just give these toys to your three-year-old and walk away. Um, right. You know, watch them, be with them, um, develop uh, or maintain a rapport with your children. So if they do experience something, um, you know, some something strange occurring that they'll come and tell you about it so that you can mm -hmm. take action accordingly that's that's great advice that's that's really great mm -hmm. advice because you know i th th that's true a lot of parents um you know i think about when i get stuff for axel you know i just give it to him and walk away i mean he's a dog so i guess it's different but 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 you're you're right um it also that helps build rapport with with your child and it also helps the parent understand the device as well so everybody, everybody wins in that situation. Yeah, I think even um, not only at a home situation, but even a, a corporate situation, uh, one, one of the things that was very valuable uh, where I work is that we encourage people, if they did see something suspicious, especially like uh, suspicious emails that could be malicious, uh to turn it into the security operations group to investigate rather than clicking on the link or or downloading the attachment and that sort of thing to to do that and, and i think it's the same thing what avraham was saying you know if you can you know get a certain amount of trust with your kids uh for them to to say hey dad what do you think about this <laughs> you know what's going on here <laughs> and uh you know where you can you can uh, protect them before they go to the next step i think that's a great idea I, I do too. And, and I mean, you know, that back to your point, Avraham, um, you know, I think that it's also important to start young, like you said, three, because it's a little different having that rapport and with, with, you know, a three 11 year old than it is a 15, 16, 17 year old. <clears throat> it's, yeah. it's going to be, cause they're gonna be like, mom and dad don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You build it. You start young. You better not keep me from my Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So what about um, default passwords? That is, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Big time. And... <clears throat> there, there, there should be a law against that, especially on IoT devices and routers and that, that sort of thing, especially consumer devices. Uh, it's interesting you say that. Um, so I, I recently uh, I recently moved and I had Verizon install FiOS in my home, and they installed a, a Wi-Fi router. And the Wi-Fi router actually had a sticker on it with a unique password. And I was like, wow, you know, really impressed. It had two passwords: uh, one to access the administrative interface, and one 
you know, just the Wi-Fi uh, password itself. Um, so, it, you know, at least from the industry leaders, um, they're actually doing that already where um, they're shipping devices with a unique password on them. That's fantastic. So each each device now has a unique password. So it's not so because you know how on, on the dark web you can buy the lists of default passwords or you can even just look mm -hmm. it up on the the surface the regular mm -hmm. web internet um so they're all unique so yeah. your router's password is going to be different than mine yeah yeah it came wow, that's really smart sticker on it yeah the guy just put it in and and i was like well how do i know how to get in he goes take a look at the sticker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good <laughs> Now, see, that's an example. That's kind of the opposite of the mm. the um, the chatterbox toy. Yeah. That's that's due due diligence, and and I, I hope that we start seeing more of that because mm -hmm. that 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 makes me feel very happy. You know, one thing uh, the federal government came up with a whole set of rules and guidelines before they can buy any type of IoT devices now. And, and one of them is just like you were saying, uh, no default passwords, period. <laughs> End of story. If you if you if you can't get that far, then then you're you can't be a vendor of choice for the for the federal government. Uh, but there but there's a, a lot more other things, you know, that they can add to that too, as as far as security, a long list of security. And I'm hoping that one of these days uh, there will be something similar to the laws that are in place uh, for the federal government for their procurement of IoT devices needs to be something like that to protect the general consumers. And it's not just protecting the consumer that has the IoT device. A lot of the major botnets that have happened over the last, you know, say five or 10 oh, years. Yes were using these consumer devices and they were using the default passwords and there were botnets that were going out and they were testing the, the default passwords and they were just spraying them across the internet and wherever they logged in, they logged in and then they injected their malicious code. And the next thing they know, they were taking down whole and entire parts of the internet. <laughs> so it's not only for the individual's benefit, it's a benefit for the whole internet as a whole. That, that was the Mirai botnet, right? Right, absolutely. The, the Dyn DNS, Dyn yes. DNS attack. Oh, exactly, you got it. What was that, 2016? No, 18. Boy, I tell you, it's, I, 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 unfortunately, I see so many things that I, I have a hard time keeping the dates straight unless see? I look them up at myself. <laughs> see, imagine, imagine not having spent, you know, been in this cybersecurity career for, for so long and being so overwhelmed. And I think that that's what, what a lot of people are going through. And it's really hard. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you, back to your point about the emails, uh, Bob, you know, they're, hold on a second. Sure. Sorry. So we, we were talking about uh, the Mirai botnet. Uh, that's still in existence, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately it is and several variants yeah a lot of times they're just it's the botnet operators are just sort of waiting for an opportune time to decide to to let the thing loose and do its next project i guess you could say yeah it's it, it, you know it's interesting i think um with with cybersecurity and with these <laughs> digital devices i think there's there's a thinking that okay 
there's been this vulnerability, it's, it's patched, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is these devices and the security of these devices are constantly mm -hmm. changing. And mm -hmm. something that is secure today may not be secure tomorrow. Right. Look at, look at Log4j. Oh yeah. Log4j. How, how long has that time. been used? What you know, there there was a uh, presentation at Black Hat in 2016, and nobody did anything about it. But but that's the difficulty because it's uh, it's open source, so that people code this stuff in their spare time for free, without any payment. So there's not any real um, incentive for people to go back and try to fix stuff. Matter of fact, a lot of these people have real jobs like the rest of us and they're just trying to to earn a living and they may be very busy you know doing paid jobs so this this software sits there and way well, you saw everybody saw it it's it had at least three different patches so far and we don't know if that's gonna fix all the vulnerabilities yeah which, which takes us back to how we started the conversation when you get these smart toys for your kids, you really have to become an expert at patching them because mm -hmm. to your point, Tyler, it's secure today. Tomorrow there's going to be a vulnerability that'll be discovered and you're going to have to know how to patch them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reason that I am, I am so incredibly passionate about this particular topic is because <clears throat> I, uh, I, in, in a, earlier part of my career, um, I did digital forensics and I worked a lot of major crimes cases and I have seen the worst that can happen to children. And so that is why I've kind of made this part of my mission to do anything that I can do to help other, other kids and help that from not happening because there's nothing worse than, mm -hmm. than seeing the worst of what can happen in some of these cyber crimes. So it's really important. I I don't know for certain, but um, I, I have a feeling that the Bluetooth hardware and software is so basic and so cheap that they may not even have a, the capabilities to update the software to to. They're going to have to do a recall. Like, I think like, so. Like how, car, how cars do, you know, they yep. say, "Hey, we got to fix this recall." Right. Right. They may just, they probably, if they did that, they'd probably just give them their money back and just say, forget it, because it's going to be so expensive to to fix it. It would, to fix each one of those on an individual basis and update it, it would cost more than what, the uh, you know, just completely replacing it or, or sending the money back. Either that or take the batteries out. <laughs> there you go there you go <clears throat> either you know, take the batteries out and put put a penny in a live socket <laughs> <laughs> oh boy how do, they, how do they even come up with these things like <clears throat> i don't know but I, you I, know I, to be honest <laughs> i got i i uh had some mild electric shocks when i was a young kid <laughs> <laughs> oh, still have you here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why yeah yeah i'm lucky to be here one two uh anyway it was it was a little scary but yeah i mean I, there was times i i touched some wires that were related to a socket and and i i felt the buzz from from the, from the socket but also the other thing i did is is anybody who's ran a lawnmower or something like that touching the spark plug while it's running, you know, you gotta do the same thing. 
but anyway i guess it's good i'm here i did a lot of silly things when i was young yeah we we, we don't recommend doing any of the things bob did when he was no, a kid. no. <laughs> definitely not so so we've talked about um separating the networks um do you what happens if 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 some what, what do you suggest if someone clicks um a link and all of a sudden their phone or their laptop start gets the big ransomware message what 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 do you what should they do right away wow. like what's the first thing throw it out <laughs> <laughs> could be uh i'm hoping a lot of people have spent a, a, an extra few bucks to get top of the line endpoint security rather than going to their local say walmart or whatever and just buying whatever the cheapest one they can get off the shelf because they have a better chance you know in a proactive manner better chance of not harming your computer if you have better quality endpoint security that's that's, that's, that's the first really thing is point. prevent prevention is the number one key the other thing chris is backups is is uh worst case scenario have regular backups of your system that is that is vital you should have regular backups of your system yeah i even recommend even in a home system i recommend at least two backups and if you're using it for business you probably ought to do at least three uh, online and offline there yeah. you go I, I think the the first thing that that i that i would recommend is turn it off yeah yeah power down remove any cables turn off your network card mm -hmm. and don't bring it in into your into your work office and turn it on mm -hmm. right exactly you don't want it to infect other computers on on a network yeah definitely yeah um, i mean um, as oh uh, sorry uh, go, go ahead yeah, some cloud providers um let you have <laughs> multiple versions of files um, and they have ransomware pr uh, protection. I believe Dropbox has that. Where oh. uh, I'm pretty sure they have that. Where if uh, you need to go back to a, mm -hmm. a, you know a different point in time, uh, you can do that. Um, so like these are just simple things you can you can uh, implement. And, and and that's really I think that that that's that's really the important thing is is what are you know simple things that that people can do you know now that will improve their security their, their posture significantly and you know we've talked about a lot of them no default passwords um separating your iot devices from your your work and crown jewel devices um we've talked about wi-fi and how um, some businesses are really getting into um, making their devices more secure, like the Verizon router that you were talking about that had the two passwords. We talked about, did we talk about multi-factor authentication? Not a no. lot, did, not just, a lot. Can, can we just talk about that quickly for yeah, our, let's do our, it. our audience? Avraham, what, what is multi-factor authentication? Well, multi-factor authentication is basically another form of uh, authenticating to your to your um, devices or 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 social media or yeah so for example um, there are authenticators like the Microsoft or Google authenticator that has changing numbers on it uh, every 30 seconds or so 
So in addition to putting in a password, you would put in that secure number um, so that even if someone does hack into your account and, and get your password, they can't actually access your account. Um, other less secure forms of multi-factor authentication involve uh, sending SMS messages uh, to your phone. Now, I don't recommend that because uh, another common form of hacking involves uh, SIM swapping, where uh, threat actors take control of your mobile number. So if they have your password and if they feel that um, you're wealthy enough to, uh, to want to access your bank account, um, they're going to steal, find a way to steal your mobile number. And then they also have your multi-factor authentication. So I would suggest um, something independent of your mobile phone, um, you know, like an authenticator or, um, you know, many, many uh, companies uh, have this, uh, you know, secure token. It's like a hardware form of that. Mm -hmm. uh, that you I remember those. <clears throat> yeah. um, and that, that will ensure uh, another layer of security on your accounts. Yeah, that's, that's incredibly important. I mean, you know, the SMS swapping, you know, I, I definitely agree that that is, that is huge. And I mean, there's also authenticating um, a, a second form of authentication. You'll get an email sent to you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It may be more secure to use that, um, but it's better to use some form, even if you're using the SMS messages than to mm -hmm. not use it. Yes, absolutely. There was a study done by Google about a year ago, and they were showing, you know, the, the how how hard it was to break into account. And of course, the easiest was with uh, just password only. And then they said the next best was having the SMS two factor authentication. Then after that, it was like what Avraham was talking about using the Microsoft authenticator, the Google authenticator, Authy, you know, uh, on and on. There's there's many brands of, of, of that type of uh, authenticators for two factor. And then after that, they showed that the smart keys, the smart keys were actually the highest level, uh, hardest to break in. Matter of fact, uh, at the time when Google was was testing it, they they had literally uh, no break-ins to Google accounts that were using smart keys at the time. I don't, really? I, I haven't seen any updates on that since then. But yeah, smart keys are definitely the 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 top tier right now. That doesn't mean that all these are perfect, but it's just sort of a, a you know good, better best right now and then right. as the cyber criminals get better then we may have to come up with something that's even better down the exactly. road you never know well and and, and cyber security is, is it's really just taking a layered approach because the more little simple steps that you do the greater your security posture is going to be and you know if someone's just trying to hack you just randomly they're going to move mm -hmm. on to someone else sure much easier unless unless they think that you're a multimillionaire and yeah. <laughs> well if they're if if you're being targeted that's a completely different different sure. story exactly completely different well do you guys have any final tips um for for our listeners on um their home security and and their toy security kids all these great things that we've talked about boy uh, i think just implement everything we talked about <laughs> start start with your two factor and then 
uh, I guess do a do, do analysis of your kids' toys to see if they seem like they're secure or not. Thank you. And, and I just want to, yeah, just always keep educating yourself on on all the latest uh, technology and gadgets. And before you buy something for your kids, make sure you understand what it is you're buying for them. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been really helpful to, to our audience. This has been a great session. Um, so thank you. Um, happy New Year. And um, join us next week for another episode of My Connected Life. Thank you, Tyler Cohen Wood. Thank you for tuning in this week to My Connected Life. We have much more for you next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be careful with your data and your life.